everybody, and thank you for tuning in to issue number six here. I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, here to talk about volume one, issue number six of the Ninja Turtles comic from Mirage Studios. And we have a guest today. Our guest, just like last episode, is David Johnson. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. You had to see how that cliffhanger ending panned out with them suffocating in the ship. I know. I'm anxious. <laughs> so again, like I say every episode, this was written and illustrated by Kevin Eastman and Peter Leard. It came out in February of 1986, so there was another four-month gap. They're wow. being pretty consistent with that. Yeah. <laughs> And the retitle on this one is the Triceraton Homeworld. It doesn't say where where these were retitled. I'm guessing when they were collected for the first Probably. time into a into a collection. Uh, this issue is also 37 pages long, just like the last one. We're going to start noting that. Timmy, so why aren't you enjoying your Christmas present? I don't know if the turtles are alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then. I know you mentioned last episode that you had a a backup story in your in the um the original printing. I haven't yes. opened my original printing in a while, but in my research, tell me if this is different. Um it says the second printing added a backstory where a duo of burglars break into a medical supply shop and then uh Michelangelo and Raphael attack them. But they're uh, they're gassed with nitrous oxide, and they just end up basically like having a giggle fit. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not what I have. Yeah, the police arrive uh, as they fall through a window, and Le uh, Leonardo and Donatello find them lying on the ground, just like laughing. So that's that's the backup story that was added to the second printing. What do you know? What yours uh, is for a story? Yeah, it's it's not TMNT related. It's uh, Mirage Studios presents Prime Slime oh. Tales. It's like a preview, actually, of a yeah, yeah, another yeah. book they're gonna put out. I know exactly what that is. Yeah, it's again the they were trying Prime stuff. Prime Slime Tales. I haven't checked it out in a long time. I just know yeah. I know of it from seeing it referenced in the Turtles books. It's it's just another thing Mirage was trying yeah, at the time. It's a Jim Lawson thing, and um, at only like two or three pages long, I couldn't make it through it. It just was totally disinterested. The, the <laughs> main character is like a Felix the Cat looking type uh, um, character, and it just it does nothing for me. Well, you really sold it for me. <laughs> <laughs> So the cover for this issue, it's another wraparound cover. And this was the one I was mistakenly looking at last episode where the second printing, it's very lewd. It's the the Gladiator Triceraton, but like, you know how they look like super ripped and they've got like the eight pack and they've oh, yeah. got the, what, what do you call that? The happy trail uh, right below the abs. The, the cover like literally cuts off right where his junk would start. So it's it's a very, very obscene cover, I'll say. <laughs> um, but the the first cover doesn't have any of that. It's just uh, some some fighting with another thing we mentioned in the Scott episode. I keep coming back to when Scott and I were talking a few weeks ago, but 
I don't know what this weapon is called. It's like the nunchuck that has the extra sections. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's another ninja weapon. We I'm going to have to look that up for next episode and, and let our listeners know because it, it comes up a lot. The Foot Clan have it a lot. And now a Triceraton has it while it's attacking Leonardo. You know what else this cover's got is uh, metal underwear that looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the alternate cover does not have underwear. <laughs> <laughs> the second printing is definitely nude Triceratopses. If you're looking for some new dino action, avoid the first printing. You don't even need it. <laughs> Have you guys uh, talked about the cover price on these at all? At a dollar fifty, I was looking at um, you know Marvel uh, comics from the same vintage, and seventy-five cents Marvel was going for at the time. And as you say, there is a lot of story in these. They're they're longer, which I really appreciate. But uh, you know, and I know it's independent, but uh, we're talking black and white at double the price of of what marvel and dc are going for but it was so worth it oh i agree but uh you know we should compare that we should compare that find out what like a cerebus book at the time or something was going for oh that's an interesting Um, yeah i didn't think about that i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up real quick while you guys vamp um yeah i mean i i think it is worth it at double the price but i just you know i i I'm thinking about if I had been buying these off the newsstand as a kid with just like oh, yeah, yeah, money, yeah. you know, I mean, that's like, you could get two, you know, you could get an X-Men and a Avengers or you could get TMNT for the same price. That's pretty, uh, that's asking a lot of a kid, you know? And on top of that, you didn't know like the gap you were waiting for each issue. Yeah. No kidding. So <laughs> you get a, like, I got to keep this buck 50 for the next turtles. And then, You've got four months worth of, well, I really want that gumball. <laughs> you get a, it's too many options for a kid, like putting yeah. too much pressure. But no, that, that is interesting, especially because, you know, it makes sense because it was an independent comic, so it would cost somewhat more. But sure, to be an independent comic and it's in black and white and it has no set release and there's a lot of yeah. things that add up there that you think would weigh against it, but the book is so good that, you know, it justifies that price. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as 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 is borne out through history, you know, it survived and not only survived, it thrived at that price point and at that long time delay. So, yeah. That... Yeah. The Turtle Power documentary actually points out, like they call it, there was a black and white boom of comics at the time. And like they were, they were just all like selling like crazy these independent black and whites i'm having trouble finding a good service price point they're all over the place i've seen one for a dollar 70 is the closest i can find um i can't tell what i'm trying to find it from the exact month that this came out though and i don't know if you just didn't have one around that time or what Hmm. Uh, but it looks like a dollar 70 is the cover price so even more yeah, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> that seems that seems like Dave Sim, like he'd be a little, he'd be asking a little bit more. <laughs> but I mean, keep in mind too. Uh, I think I, I mean, printing was probably completely different back then. So, like for an independent publisher, like I'm sure printing costs were just like so much more to take on for them. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I gotta imagine that Marvel and DC probably had their own facilities and and. Uh, 
I I was wondering about that, actually. I forgot to mention last issue, I had a note about issue five being the first uh, issue um, that's regular size. You know, it's the end of the magazine format with issue five. And uh, I was wondering if the fact that they did that for the first four issues and for the first couple one shots was because they didn't even, you know, I, I, whatever printer they had to work with at the time maybe didn't, you know, was going to charge them more to set up to that particular size or something like oh, that. Maybe. I could be wrong about this, but I think they talk about it. There was a book that came out for the 30th anniversary, the uh, Ninja Turtles vis- Ultimate Visual Guide. And in it, they talk about why the first few issues are a different size. And I think it was because it was the cheapest, um, the cheapest, uh, what they were doing the original art on uh, was cheap. Those boards were cheaper than the other size boards i think it was Mm. so they they were they just went with those and they knew it was going to affect the printing size but they they didn't care because they could draw their pages on cheaper paper Hmm. and story-wise we tune in we got this uh ice cream cone in space which is the triceraton i don't even know what you'd call this thing the space station but it's heading to like their they call it the Triceraton Homeworlds, which are like bigger space stations. Yeah, I don't know. Like that that whole two page spread of like Triceraton civilization is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a comic. Like I just started really looking at the detail and stuff and like I can't fathom like sitting there and drawing that. <laughs> it's I don't know, it's it's really impressive to me and Again, it's very Kirby-esque, but like it's just this crazy image. So they've got uh, Professor Honeycutt fugitoid, and they've taken him back, and they're doing the whole explain their evil scheme thing, where the Triceratons are talking about basically, uh, you know, what they they want of him, and they're showing them their society. And then we cut away to the Federation ship that the turtles stowed away on, and we finally find out how they got through their suffocation which is apparently by meditating in the cargo hold. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's very Batman, I think. It's like very the, I Batman, feel like, very Jedi. Yeah. Wasn't there a Batman thing, though, about like him meditating to slow his heartbeat yeah, down yeah. or something? It's I don't that. I remember what that was in. They've had times, too, where he's like been in isolation in like a cave for like three weeks and things like that. We're also, like, I know we're just throwing out every comic book character at this point, but we know they were obsessed with Frank Miller Daredevil. Yeah, that's that's a Daredevil thing, too. Another thing you'd see Daredevil doing, exactly, or or someone from the hand, like, Mm -hmm. you know, one one of the hand soldiers. Not the foot, but the hand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then they have this, I love that in this alien planet where everything's completely different, they apparently boardrooms are exactly the same. (laughs) I think (laughs) intergalactically that's a law. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in Star Wars they have the circular table in the Death Star, but that's about as big a variety as you see. I feel like any way, yeah, that's the boardroom. Side note, um, you can see in Star Wars, uh, I didn't notice this until like last year, that in that Death Star boardroom, the, their chairs, are, they have wheelie chairs. Their chairs oh, yeah. are on wheels, <laughs> just yeah. like ours. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyway. Don't say so it too loud, this... he'll change it, but yeah. Yeah. 
He doesn't have it anymore. So they're in this boardroom. They've got coffee on the table. They've got their their notebooks in front of them. Everyone's like got their cell phone out, uh, which wasn't even a thing yet. Um, <laughs> I love the outfit they dressed the uh, the what do they call him? It's the like not supreme leader. Prime minister? Do they call him prime minister? It's prime prime director. Yeah, prime Something director. Like but he's got like the uh, purple. I don't know. It's. Well, in the color version, it's purple. It's purple. It's very like I'm opening for Prince. Like I don't know. It's, <laughs> it doesn't scream guy who's running the show to me. Well, purple is well, a royal color. a royal color. Oh, jinx! Whoa, whoa! All right, my life is complete. That happened. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a royal. I don't know. It, but yeah, boardrooms and robes. Those are the same across any continuum. Yeah, I'm a little bit more concerned with uh, if you're looking on page six at the kind of the middle lower panel, you get a shot of everybody in the at the uh, conference table. The backs of the chairs do not appear to have cut out holes for their tails. So I don't know what's happening there. Ooh, good eye. Oh, that's really interesting. Maybe they're on the bottom of the chair, <laughs> like where, oh. their, where their bums are. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe they got really know. short tail. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they can suck it in when they sit down. It retracts. Especially on the next page, their tails are very prominent. Like, you can see those got to go somewhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's interesting. One thing I like about that page is, so, in the middle of them trying to threaten Fugitoid into giving them the teleportation technology, they're interrupted by, like, this uh, call on the basically like uh the what would you call it? the intercom. Yeah, intercom that's the word yeah. i'm looking for little intercom thing like his secretary's buzzing him and saying like there's a call for you and then they throw it to the video screen and i just found it interesting to think about like when this came out in 1986 or 7 at this point i already forgot even though i said it at the top of the episode uh 86 this was so futuristic yeah. and it's so commonplace. I mean, we're basically doing the podcast right now over this technology. Right. And it was so futuristic to have like a video chat back then. It, it kind of, to diverge a little bit, it does make me kind of go deep when you and I were talking about Ghostbusters being a very 1980s thing. Yeah. And it being hard to translate to now and, because technology is not like oh oh my god like so yeah it has that vibe and then so we see that the turtles have been given these breathing devices and i gotta say throughout the rest of the issue these breathing devices make me so nervous they're really distracting (laughs) they're it looks like they have a milk carton uh, (laughs) tucked into their belts and then like a hose from the milk carton going into their mouth. And that's that's how they're breathing. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, especially not to give too much away, but we've already said they're going to be in a uh, an arena later on. And it's like, I just, I feel like that would be the first thing to go for if you were fighting these guys. <laughs> like, like damage, it must be against the rules. Yeah, it's got to be. I, I don't so, know, they just look so uncomfortable. <laughs> like they're shoving something down your throat, so you can, I don't know. 
Oh, and they're biting on it too. So I'm I'm a dental technician. I restore teeth for a living, and they're just like chomping on these things that I gotta imagine have like a metal end on it. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so so I just wanted to to bring up those story wise though. We should mention the reason we're seeing the turtles is they're the bargaining chip now. They are how the Republic is going to try to get the. Uh, t- teleportation technology out of Fugitoid, and he's still not budging, though. Yeah, I gotta say, Fugitoid, he stands by his morals. <laughs> and then they're hauling the turtles away to a, uh, a prison cell, which, again, I gotta say, it looks straight out of Thor Ragnarok, it, yeah. the, the hallway they're in. And I thought it was very interesting that Michelangelo's the one that attacks the the guard, that's putting them in the cell. It seems more like a Raphael move. And this time they do confirm that it is in fact Michelangelo. Yeah, that that is a little off character for him. Cuz they call the I think it's Leonardo addresses him by name as Mike. Yeah. And I also thought it was weird. He says uh he says look at this jerk brothers, big, slow and clumsy and I thought the use of the word brothers there was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I wish that they did that more though. I I agree that that kind of lingo probably gets dropped pretty quickly after this, but I I kind of like it. I I noticed they they'll do it in like dramatic moments, you know what I mean? Like that's when they'll really play the family thing up and be be like, uh, you know, these are my brothers or or um or like when I'm with my brothers. That that's the time they'll use that language, but not usually in action sequences like this. No, it's usually usually dude, Kawabunga, bro, Booyah Kasha more recently. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't work, and they get thrown in the cell, booted into the cell, actually. And uh, I want to point out that they do have the tails. Yep. Uh, in in these, so we know that the they've decided that at this point they were a little inconsistent in the past with tails but i think ish, the last issue they had them the whole time too um so what is it with every evil empire having a gladiatorial arena it's fun <laughs> right. well i mean like even even earth had it until a couple hundred years ago <laughs> It's just, I don't know, it's just funny to me because it's always like based on that, the Colosseum. Well, we know Hulk's not showing up. No, that's, that's too bad. Neither is Jeff Goldblum, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then we get another kind of catching new readers up on Fugitoid's deal where he's got these thought cubes. They're not even thought bubbles. They're thought <laughs> cubes. Thought, thought thought squares. Where he's... Um, he's basically thinking about his origin story and how he got where he is right now and thinking about how he doesn't want to give the technology to them. And then we cut away to Earth. And they do this, like, cool gag that I really loved this where they talk about Earth as though it's another alien planet being introduced into the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, some trillions of light years away. Um, and it's, like, on this planet, there are artificial surface divisions called nations. One of the largest and most powerful is the United States. And, like, they, and then they, they have these things called cities. And they have blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, it's just so funny that, like, it's introducing it like it's an alien 
uh, planet that's also involved in this weird sci-fi story. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. So the reason <laughs> the reason we're going back is to see what April is up to. And turns out not a whole lot. She's coming home and she turns on the news. Remember when TVs went click? Yeah. You had switches. <laughs> that's what she does here. Oh, she's got a little turtle on top. I didn't notice that before. She's got a little, I'm guessing, ceramic turtle on top of her TV. And she turns the TV on with a click, goes to the refrigerator, and the news starts talking. This is a part of the story that I thought was, like, a little, I don't want to say unbelievable, but, like, I was like, I don't know. I feel like they're taking, I feel like they're taking, it's hard to say unbelievable because it's like, yeah, well, the rest of the story is a space battle It doesn't arena seem thing. like it's something that would be newsworthy. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't even seem like something the authorities would be investigating. Uh, so basically what they know is there was a really bright light that shined up into the sky for a second um, from the TCRI building, which is two issues ago when the turtles were blipped away. Right. And the, the news is reporting on it, and they're basically saying, like, well, we tried to, uh, you know get into the building and a bunch of steel doors slammed shut and no one can figure out who owns this building, but we're trying to break in anyway. Like it seems like, I don't know. It seems like they're going way overboard for people who just saw a light beam into the sky. Also the building, like did they look into ownership of the building? They said they can't find who owns it, but is it private property? I would have liked that one moment of a Utrum in the robot suit coming out and making a statement. But that's because I like how it they seems talk. Like it, it seems like if they did that, it would have saved them a lot of trouble. Like, well, yeah, they've obviously I, interacted with humans before to, to, like we just said, to get this building and to build it 20 years ago and, and things like that. So yeah. just come out and be like, no, no, it was, a you know, we shined a, a, a skylight up into the sky. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, cr <laughs> I promise you, no crime has been committed. <laughs> And then April puts together that that's where the turtles were heading and they haven't. And she's, you know, thinking about how she hasn't seen them in a while. And she puts together that something's going on and then she sinks to the floor. Everyone's overreacting on Earth right now. <laughs> she like gets in the fertile, fetal, the fetal position and is like, what can I do? Yeah. It's like, nothing, April. You can do nothing. And then we immediately yeah. go back to the more important part of the story. <laughs> But I, Back I to the Tri-Sports Arena. I think that this little visit to Earth is kind of important in a way. Like the, what they're doing story-wise when they go back to Earth, I agree with. It's not really necessary. It's a whole bunch of exposition, whatever. But I like, like overall, it kind of grounds the reader and like, you know, the, yeah, That's they're true. out in outer space, but we're going to get back to April. Like this isn't, we haven't, you know, we're going to bring it all back. We're, we're working on it. Stick with us, guys. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're building a bigger picture here. To tell you the truth, this is the type of stuff I I like in Turtles. I love this everything about Turtles books. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> but like, this is like like it's very comic booky. It almost kind of reminds me of the '87 cartoon, uh, which hasn't happened yet. I know in in our timeline here, but I don't know. I I I do like it even, but I I also at the same time am like, okay. I mean, you guys saw a light in the sky come from the roof. What? What are you what are you going so ham about here? I guess for <laughs> me, if you're gonna show what April's up to, then show what Casey's up to too. I don't know. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I don't think they knew Casey was going to be a, a reoccurring character yet, to tell you the truth. That's probably the case, but I don't know. I, I It's probably my least favorite part so far of the series. For more on Casey Jones, listen to that bonus episode we uh, may or may not have done at this point if you get the 25 <laughs> reviews we were looking for. <laughs> He's in the Raphael one shot. Yes, that was in he between is. issues three and four, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's where Raphael disappeared to. Anyway, uh, we go back to the alien planet, and like we've said before, we got this crazy uh, gladiatorial thing <laughs> going on. Big old gong sound effect for Sean. It's a game of games as various aliens duke it out against other creatures. Yeah, and th- uh, just like the bar, they they took their time designing a lot of these alien creatures. Like this thing looks like the uh, like straight out of a Final Fantasy game. It's a uh, like a giant octopus monster with teeth that they're basically just feeding. Because I, I, I <laughs> there's always like that one part in any gladiatorial, you know, sequence where they're just here's a big thing that eats stuff. Let's just send a bunch of weak things in there for it to eat. (laughs) There's a weird uh, dagger-looking weapon you see one of the gladiators fighting with. It's like an alien dagger thing. Uh, And, yeah, this just goes on for a few pages of them, you know, watching the the event and basically chuckling it up, saying, like, wait till they see our main event. And, of course, the main event is the turtles coming in, and they're going to face off against... Some very experienced gladiators who, now that I'm looking at it, are wearing pants. Definitely not on that alternate cover, though. That might be the Greco-Roman cover. I'm not positive. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be battling the Prime, uh, the the Triceraton Republic, and all-star team. Mix Trollo from the Star Cruiser, Zalem. Zoit Demaz from Moluk's. Daz Ublum, you know Daz Ublum. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's from Bacalo. Yeah. And last but not least, the incredible 22 bout reigning champion, Monza Ram. So let's hear it for the boys. Big old close up on Fugitoid realizing what's going to happen here, saying no. And I thought it was interesting before the turtles charge into battle, they say, let's kick some ass. They don't say, let's kick some shell. Yeah, it's kind of funny, like because <laughs> they hadn't the come little, up with like, that yet. Because they hadn't had to they censor hadn't themselves. Come up you with know? that, but it's just funny. Cause you see the little like adult things thrown in before it became more kid focused. Yeah, it was like it was like in the second issue where Raphael asked for a beer instead of pizza. Yeah, like it. It's just something that you're like, oh, they haven't gotten there yet with these characters. Or they hadn't had to censor themselves. They tend to viciously murder the people that they fight. <laughs> which they're going to murder all these Triceratons, one of which has one of those nunchucks that have the extra section that I still don't know what it's called. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they battle in the arena. Obviously, the turtles come out on top, and then they they get a plan here where they do the old alley-oop uh, and, and boost. Who is, it, who is it that gets boosted up onto this thing? Um, Leonardo, I think? Yeah. He ends up on... What's basically a Senate chair from Star Wars, the flying little 
little craft uh, that they were using to broadcast this fight. Did we get to the part where they had an ad break yet? Because I had a note about that. Um, like they paused for like a word from their sponsor, the Gladiator Arena thing. It said the main event is sponsored by um, Space Jews, J-O-O-Z-E. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Swill of Champions. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Swill. I like how it's called Swill. <laughs> so probably Space Beer. But it's the swill of champions. The Pabst and Blue Ribbon of Triceratons. It is not Zupcuck from the last no. episode issue. It's not that. That would probably have been horse racing or something similar. <laughs> More classy. So yeah, they jump in the Senate chair and they eventually make it up to where uh, the, the they make it up to the box seats and they take the prime. Uh, it, the next like few pages can be summed up like pretty shortly so they they get the prime leader guy he gets killed when they're trying to get him to escort them to an escape ship yeah and i'd like to and, point out that they they say they're gonna position snipers to ambush them in the hallways when they're trying to escape with the prime leader <laughs> and he he takes like what uh at least two shots right to center mass so their snipers are uh, i don't know well they're using they're using that um that triscope and it's not um they only have two eyes but they put the third one on to keep the theme going <laughs> and it doesn't help mm. and then the issue ends after the leader's been killed uh they're getting blipped away there's a few triceratons in the blip the four turtles uh, fugitoids in there, and uh, we don't know where they're going. They don't have to go home, but they can't stay here. Be great if they just ended up in the same place. Yeah, they end up back in that alley. <laughs> <laughs> no, I invented a machine that in. only brings you back to this specific spot over and over. <laughs> but overall, that's the events of this. Let's let me see if I can summarize. I didn't try this last time, so. I'll try to summarize both issues. So issues five and six, they blip into an alien uh, planet where they meet Fugitoid, who's on the run from the government because he knows how to make teleportation technology that they want to use to uh, basically, basically they want to use it for war. So they, they run away with Fugitoid. They're eventually captured by the Triceratons at a bar where... They, uh, wait, are they? No, they capture Fugitoid at the bar. Uh, and then the Ninja Turtles chase after them. The Ninja Turtles stow away on a ship, so they end up there anyway. They capture the Turtles and force them to fight in this arena battle while they tell Honeycut slash Fugitoid, if you do not make the, the teleport of your thing for us, we're going to kill your friends in this battle thing that we're putting them in anyway. And then they escape the battle thing, the leader of the Triceratons dies, and then they're blipped away. That's And that's these two issues if you're trying to follow along without reading. <laughs> Did I miss anything? No. I think you got it, yeah. That's All right. I'm just wondering how terrible their sniper training program is. <laughs> <laughs> how do you... You got multiple snipers, and they all shoot the guy you're supposed to protect? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they <laughs> and they don't hit any of the turtles. It's not that like, oh, we killed everybody in the room. Well, yeah, but like they, the only thing that they did hit was the one thing they weren't supposed to hit. It's not like they grazed him. <laughs> to me, the worst crime is they gave away their position right away by knocking a bunch of like stuff off of a barrel uh, while they were hiding around they the corner, the like Han Solo twig snap. Yeah. Yeah, they are they are just they're triceratopses in a china shop, these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to find uh some of the visuals we talked about on these episodes, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TMNT Nerds. We've got an email if you want to talk to us, tmntnerds at gmail.com. We've got a Patreon, the Ninja Turtle Nerds, where we will soon be announcing that we have episodes about like the cartoon show and toys and stuff. And rate, review, and subscribe to the show really helps us out and thank you very much to our guest david johnson david why don't you tell them where they can find your shows well uh you can find my show if you go to uhf 62 nd that's uhf 62nd.com and that is a show where me and my friend jonathan talk about the 1989 weird al yankovic film uhf uh in 62 second increments uh it's a fun show but uh, personally, I would uh, rather come back here and listen to more uh, episodes about this great comic book series while I'm smelling the ink on these pages because it smells fantastic. Our, our <laughs> podcast is all right, but it doesn't smell anywhere near as good as this ink. <laughs> well, thank you. I sent that ink just to you specifically. Can we put that on a poster as a quote? <laughs> sure. But yeah, thanks for coming on. It was a great time. And, uh, and you know, listeners, tune in next week to find out what's basically the conclusion to this story before uh, they go in a different direction for issue number eight. So there's a preview for basically our next two episodes. So thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll see you then. How did the Utrams obtain this building in the first place is something I'd love to know. I, I think it's really not. Do you think they killed the original owners and took it over? Yeah, I buy that. Really? I don't know about that. Well, because of the so? fre freaky skin suits. <laughs> well... <laughs> Like somebody must have had it before, or did they really build? No, you know what? They, built they it. do say it's been there for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. you're right. How did they get the permits? <laughs> like, where did they get money? <laughs> Well, I would yeah, imagine, money was you know, everywhere in the 80s.